Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Salutations, everybody. It is Maddie here today with episode 158 of the Ham Radio Podcast. And it's me, Carrick, with ACG. Welcome, Carrick. And it's just Thank us you. two this week. It is our final episode before, I believe, our E3 predictions next week. And uh, Camelworks will actually be joining us for that episode, so that'll be nice. Oh, excellent. Um, but anyway, for those of you who are listening right now, if you'd like to toss a buck our way, you keep the show rolling, you can get early access on SoundCloud. If that's not your jam and you still want to listen on the go, we have iTunes and Google Play in the links down below. And now, we want to do a quick tribute. Uh, one of ours has passed away this week. We want to talk about Total Biscuit a little bit. Carrick, you had worked with him directly before you joined his podcast, so if you'd like to take this away. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so he passed away yesterday. And it's pretty, you know, I don't think a lot of people get caught up in all of the stuff that you know somebody may have done or may have said or something like that but when you look at like total biscuit the amount of influence he's had on yeah. gaming as a whole and getting people to look at it you know he's been on not necessarily talk shows but on different shows and stuff like that where you wouldn't normally expect a gamer to be on him he's covered those he started out big in warcraft and starcraft and and made those huge and he pushed those things and um by pushing i think you, it's easy to become you know, people can look at it and dislike something somebody says or, or, or love what somebody says. And that's sort of what caused his fan base. Because I like that he just said what he thought. Like, it, you don't, we don't all have to agree. But he was like, this is what I think. And he went out and did it. But what I don't think a lot of people realize is that guy was like, he, he reached out when YouTube was having all the weird issues. And he actually reached out to me and was like, can I help you? Can I help you? with mm -hmm. your situation and i was like, yeah okay and we explained it and talked and then i sort of got to know him went on his podcast he came on mine and the cool thing about him was he that was him like in real life you know what like what you saw because we all talk about people being on or whatever people like yeah. putting on show putting on airs that was pretty much him and um getting to talk to him there was more discreet information i got and and sort of understood where he was coming from a little easier because i got to talk to him in longer form than a podcast or something but I love the fact that that was him at all times. Like he was, you know, it was like when he critiqued something, he truly, he may have destroyed it, but it was like he really did want games to get better. And he did a fantastic job at that. And uh, it's sad because we have people who rarely get that much influence. And anybody who dies is sad. Fuck cancer, as the saying goes. Like, what a shitter. Um, but it's super influential and absolutely changed my own personal opinion because I was I've never been like quiet about my dislike for some of the things that he has done like his channel he turned off comments and I was like well that's your feedback loop and I couldn't understand it like I just did not get it until I got to sit down and talk to him and the dude helped me immensely like in ways I've never told people but some of the stuff he said are things that I think you have friends who can give you advice that you don't want to hear <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm sure you have a friend like that where they're, oh, yeah. they tell you something, you're all, fuck off. And when they leave, you're like, yeah, he was right. <laughs> you know, he's like, and and yeah. he, he he gave advice where I was just like, oh, sh 
you know, other people had said something, and I was like, eh. And then he said it, and I was like, well, what the fuck? Like, his way of communicating was pretty uh, unnaturally clear. A lot of people don't have that ability. Fantastic guy to get to know. And it's sad as fuck, man. It's sad as fuck. It's just like, you don't ever want to hear of anybody passing away, but ra- rarely in gaming do we have somebody I who's big. I was about to say that, yeah. And who has that kind of impact, and then just is like, okay, they're gone. This it, it's fucking always sucks. chilling in a way. You go to their channel, you hear their voice, but they're not there. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's always been a very odd feeling, and that's something with gaming-related passings that's that's always gotten to me. It's like a piece of them still lives on. Like, you know, in a way, gaming is forever. It's always yeah. there. You know, these characters, they may die in games, but you can reload your save and they're there again. And when something like this happens in our industry, it's it's very... That's a strange feeling. It's, it's just always very sad. It's very lonely. I don't know. It, it always gets to me. And, um, you know, as someone who has not interacted with him, we, we talked about trying to get him on as a guest, but yeah. as someone who had not interacted with him, his impact across the industry was, for me... You know, as I grew as a YouTuber, especially these past three years, um, a lot of changes have come for me as a person. And, you know, I'm not going to sit here and act like I've watched him a ton. I haven't. But when I see someone who so confidently put forth his opinion and said, here's my opinion, here are the facts, here's why I believe this. And if you disagree, that's fine. Let's talk. It helped develop like a sense of confidence, like, hey, I'm seeing him do that. That's how I feel about my content. Sometimes when you're growing, you get afraid of that backlash. You get afraid, like, you know, some people are just going to fucking rip you up for thinking a game's good or a game's bad. Um, when in all actuality, it's a game we all want them to get better in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. And so when you see him and his confidence in his opinion and his willingness to back it up and then his audience respecting that because he likes to put the facts forward, it was inspirational in many ways. He still had such a large impact and has made this gaming industry a way better place than it was. So Yeah, it, it, and I mean, he brought in, like, some attention to things, like the Steam, how Steam um, categorized games even, just, like, the different stuff that he... He was always thinking about them, which is, is crazy. And a lot of people... Um, I don't really care about this stuff, uh, you know, because once, you know, people make different decisions in life and you always make mistakes, but he was one of the people that when he'd do something... Um, I did start watching even more and more, but his... Like, even mistakes he made or things that I didn't agree with, I learned from. Like, I was like, oh, okay. I mean, there was, a, a, again, the YouTube comment thing was one of the biggest ones where I was like, I I get it. You know, I'm not going to do that. But I now I understand, like, why he did it. It totally makes sense. Or the the ways he would tell, he would, he would outright tell you. Just be like, you need to have multiple ways of income into your channel if you want to make channel the channel your business. Stuff that I hated hearing. And yet when he said it, he was like, no, you just need to like, you know, it, it, he was very intelligent a lot uh, about a lot of the stuff and a uh, super nice guy. It just sucks. I'm glad that they're trying to do something slightly different, but with the channel, but they're going to keep going with like the co-optimus. I think that's cool. Absolutely. So may he rest Co-optional. in peace, uh, thoughts and prayers yeah, with sure. his family. And now let's get into Battlefield 5. So the reveal came this past week. I mean, there's been a lot of talk about the cover art, the trailer, the direction of this game. What I want to do is pull up an article by Polygon, go over what are they're considering five or six ways, I'm sorry, that Battlefield 5 will change the series' traditional gameplay. So this is going to be a bit of a mouthful of a read, I apologize. But um, I think it's important to note because Carrick and I, we just want to talk about the game, right? You know, we want to yeah. get right into that and the reveal itself. 
rather than all the other controversy surrounding it. So, in Battlefield 5, every player will be able to outfit and customize a number of different soldiers in their stable referred to as the company. Every soldier will be fully customizable, including characteristics such as gender, race, facial features, and hair. Each character will have a design or a designated class pulled from four traditional Battlefield roles of the Assault Engineer slash Pilot, Support, and Medic. As characters accumulate experience, they will be able to unlock different subclasses referred to as archetypes. That will allow players to specialize down a certain path, such as anti-tank role for a particular class, although DICE's presentation was light on details. What is certain, however, apologies for my dog, is that whenever a player steps into a multiplayer mode, yeah, right right when I start reading, I'll hear, oh, it, no, no, no shit, no. dude, I'm it's like, my dogs too, they'll do it. Shit. It's like, <laughs> god damn. <laughs> anyway, um, is that whenever a player steps into any multiplayer mode, they'll be playing as one of the soldiers in their company. Progress is accrued and carried over between every mode. DICE was explicit in stating that gameplay progress has been completely divorced from cosmetic unlocks. Anything that alters the performance of your soldiers must be earned through play. So you can tell initially the impact of Battlefront where DICE is trying to tread lightly and say, yeah. like, hey, there's a separation here. It's a complete separation. Uh, the company will include a player's own personal motor pool and airstrip vehicles will be customizable just like soldiers and there will each be gameplay uh, and there will be gameplay and cosmetic unlocks for each. So there will be upgrades, I guess, to your vehicles and whatnot. And then there will also be the cosmetic, cool, flashy skins. Right. Finally, players will be able to kit out both the weapons and vehicles in their company arsenal. So, for instance, um, have two versions of the same rifle, one with generic parts and the other outfitted with a bayonet for close combat. Either or may have uh, may also have their own distinct cosmetic look. Tanks and airplanes can be similar, similarly built. Um, how or if you'll be able to swap between different builds during a single match wasn't made clear. So that's the first part. What do you take away from just cosmetic stuff? Kind of like a COD World War II. I'm getting a feeling <laughs> right away. I, I did you see you saw the trailer, Maddie? Um, when he grabs his M60 and he pulls it up, there is like ivy on the end of it. So my personal belief is they'll probably go with newer 3D-looking cosmetics. Mm -hmm. So I don't mean the scopes and stuff, but I also mean, like, ivy camouflage hanging off of it. That's awesome. Like, I like that's yeah. I, I love that. I love the idea of not just 2D. And the reason why is most of the time when I'm shooting a gun, I'm not fucking looking at the side of it. Like, yes. so if there's, like, some 3D shit that you can put on there and uh, really kit that out, yeah, I'm all for it. Absolutely. So there's that, and then there's new game modes. DICE confirmed that Battlefield 5 will retain Battlefield 1's War Stories model for its single-player campaign. The goal, however, is to take players to overlooked or lesser-known theaters of the Second World War. So that sounds familiar. We've played all the games we've seen on the movies, but we wanted to do something different. Finding those stories challenged us. That made us excited. We're going to take you on a journey around the globe. Um, I personally wasn't huge on the war stories in battlefield one I, I just thought they were good short stories which is what they were supposed to be but for anything to really stick um it wasn't there because it just wasn't long enough to develop characters um i remember the events but i couldn't tell you a character's name and and right who he was you know that's just me though um in addition to the traditional multiplayer sandbox that is, the series is known for, Battlefield 5 will also introduce two new modes. Combined arms will feature up to four players, all playing cooperatively. Uh, cooperatively. Grand Operations will be a massive multi-match engagement that tells the story of a lengthy multi-day battle with 64 players. So didn't Battlefield 1 have 
think operations or something. And operations, this is grand, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's just that multiple match thing. So there's that. Any takes on the, the war stories coming back? Uh, so I agree with you. that. So I like the story. I, I was okay with them. Maybe, maybe a smidge higher on them than you. Mm-hmm. Maybe, but I played it just recently, and I don't remember how I felt the day it came out. Like, might have grew, grew on me a little bit. Okay. Um, I would agree with you that they weren't catchy. And what I think they need to do is one of two things. Make them a little longer so they are, so that we come to grips with those characters, or make it so that you understand even more so that they're not. Which I know that sounds like completely impossible, but I don't think they did a good job of explaining why you were these four people in the original. They were just like, here's a war story, here's a war story, here's a war story, here's a war story. Okay, And they, they sort of said... But it would be cooler, for example, and this is just me being cinematically stupid because they probably won't put this in the game, but if I was Maddie and I went out and I was a sniper and I was killing people and then I die and like it zoomed out and showed a map and there's like an X, you know, to indicate like Maddie died at this location, whatever, and then it like panned over and it was like, boom, we go in here. And as you play these war stories, like you see, a, even if it's an impact graphically, I would like that. Because that's more yeah. cohesive. That naturally it progresses is. the story where you could have separate stories, but it's like, holy fuck, he died, and at the same time, yeah. going over here. And, this and you're happened. seeing all these losses, like, sort of, I guess the term would be like, you know, boil out. And you're mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, physically I can see these. That's just me. But. No, I'm with you. That's a, a wonderful idea. I think they really should take that path. On top of that, they have enhanced squad mechanics. In Battlefield 5 multiplayer, players will no longer or will always be attached to to a squad there's no longer an option to join a match as a single player and go it along uh to that end dice is leaning into squad mechanics in several important ways first is the idea of scarcity when you enter a match you won't be fully topped off with ammo and supplies you might have to enough rounds of ammo to eke out a few kills but you and your squad mate will have to plan ahead to resupply i like this change that's me too pretty smart me too Additionally, every player in a squad will be able to revive every other player in that squad. Medics will be the only class capable of bringing any player back to life. And the only class capable of bringing players back to full life. Okay, so you can revive people within your squad regardless of who you are, but they won't come back at full life. So does that mean like health bars are a thing here? Like it's not a... It sounds like health bars or statuses, wounded... Like, maybe maybe mm. a normal person can bring you back to uh, just, like, one or two hits will kill you. Then, okay. you know, I, that, that part I don't know because I think there's some flexibility in how they could handle it. That doesn't sound too bad. I just no, hope it's no. not like a, um, fuck, what's the game I play where you down them and then, oh, my God. And then they come right back up? It's because uh, you have to down them and then finish them off and they have a lot more health when you down them. What game is it? It's, it's why is it leaving my head right now? It's not Titanfall. Overwatch, not any of those. Wouldn't be Overwatch. You down them, and then they have a large health bar. Oh my gosh, that's it. Fortnite. (laughs) Oh, oh, gotcha. The biggest game. (laughs) The the biggest biggest game on Twitch. I couldn't fucking think of it. I don't know, it's a small game. It's probably not well known. Yeah, you can you can tell how long it's been since I played it. Yeah, I'm I'm worried about that. Like when you down them, do Mm -hmm. you know how much health do they have? What do you have a kill shot if you hit them in the head? How does that work? So I'm curious about that. One interesting addition is that players will now have the ability to see over the shoulder of their squad mates before spawning back into the game. This will make intelligent use of spawning into the game more important than ever. On the flip side, when an entire squad is wiped out in the middle of the map, they'll need to work hard to regain the ground they have lost. 
DICE is extending the squad model to the social aspects of Battlefield 5 as well. Once in a squad, players will stick together regardless of what game mode they're in. That means voice and text chat will be available between you and your squad at all times, even inside loading screens. Next chat. <laughs> no shit. Yeah, right? Um, so what do you think about these new squads? Uh, I, I like the sound of it. More cooperative play. Sounds good. Oh, dude, I, lo- I love it. Um, it. It also depends on, like, so, okay, I know people are going to get mad about this, but I love the fact of not being topped off on, on bullets. Oh, I like, think it's great. You have, to, you have to give people a reason to not, like, let's say, be at the spawn point and stay there, to not, there's specific things, or die on purpose because you have barely any rounds. Well, guess what? Because I've done that. Mm-hmm. We're like, oh, I won't have a lot of rounds, and I'll be all, I could, probably can't kill them, so let, let them kill me, whatever, I'll come back. Like, there's that thought yeah. process of, like, it'll be better if I come back. Well, now... It's like topping off to me. That sounds awesome. I love the idea of being able to always talk to people, even in loading screens, because strangely enough, we just played a game, um, which is uh, 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 Star Trek bridge crew, the new DLC. And it, it disconnects all chat during the load and they're long loads. And so you're all sitting there going, am I connected? Maybe I'm connected. Maybe I'm not connected. Are we still talking? So anything that does all that. And then lastly, I hope they add, I I hope they make it. I don't know how they would do this or what they would do, but it, make it so that like if you're in a group and you're moving as a group, you get something for that. And I don't know how they would do it without making it really weird or one-sided or un not unrealistic. They're already sort of going for that. But I would like for them to maybe look around at the ideals of okay, if I'm with Maddie and we've got two other people, do we get Maybe when we pick up a gun and re- or pick up ammo, do we get a little bit more ammo? Yeah. Or do we get, like, you know, there's something to push the squad movement forward. Because often the battlefield formula to success, uh, Lone Wolf or not, is you find a nice building, you post up, you toss down your ammo box, you toss down your health box, and just camp up there. So yep. this yep. forces you to move. And especially with the what Polygon wrote about, like, taking back the ground you lost, I don't know if that's just them adding a little flavor to the text or if it's actually, like, Fortifications is what I think they're talking about. Yeah, I was going to say, that was the next point, but I don't know if it was like flag A, flag B, flag C. And oh, oh, gotcha. It, or if it was actually like, you know, take back the ground. So, that you mentioned fortifications. The next bullet point is destroy the environment, build fortifications. DICE detailed new and improved environmental destructibility. This will be interesting. I haven't heard of this yet. Many buildings on the map can be damaged by both gunfire and physically crashing vehicles through them. Debris will break away and scatter realistically, meaning that if a tank shell passes through a building, debris will first fly into the building as it enters and then out of the building as it exits the other side. But if the tank shell explodes inside that building, debris will fly out of the structure into the field around it. The impact will have multiple phases, starting with the flash and the flame and the following with the ejection of larger pieces that can strike and injure players. Finally, bits of the structure will dangle, potentially posing a risk to any players underneath. These these deformations aren't scripted, but are calculated and animated in real time based on how a projectile or vehicle impacts a structure. Every player in Battlefield 5 enters the game with a toolkit. In building mode, players will be able to spend resources to build fortifications like sandbags, camouflage netting, and even gun emplacements. At certain points on the map, and at certain points in existing and destroyed buildings, players can turn on the build mode and see what dis- what structures are available and then place them. In this way, players can fortify a flag or other objective to harden it against the enemy. Fortifications can be destroyed as well. Interesting. Did you, li- did you notice 
the way that's written, it indicates that there's only certain places this works. I was going to say just it me? sounded mm. scripted, and then they go, "It's it does." It's like, yeah, maybe it's maybe they mean it's scripted for like rebuilding buildings because I know they made a big deal. I know you didn't get to see it, but during the presentation, one of the guys talking about fortifications was like, if a building's destroyed, you can rebuild that building. So maybe it's like, oh, anywhere you can drop a sandbag, but here you can you can't build buildings, but you can repair those buildings already, you know, scripted in that spot, which is that that's OK. I just hope it's I hope it is freeform because I want to see the stupid shit people do. Because you know, if it's freeform, people would be putting sandbags oh, on people's heads, and <laughs> I, yeah. I would probably enjoy doing that. Just it says many buildings, not all. Many buildings on the map can be damaged by both gunfire and physically crashing vehicles. Yeah, and then it's your main base, how right? The debris works, and it says these deformations aren't scripted, but are calculated and animated in real time based on how projectile or vehicles impact a structure. Because they say it'll have multiple phases, starting with the flash and the flame and following with ejection of larger pieces that can injure and strike players. Finally, bits of the structural dangle potentially posing a risk to any players underneath. It's like, is it like, okay, let's say I crash into a building. That, does that enter the first phase where once I pull out, there's this corner of the building just dangling by a wire, and then that can drop and hurt someone? Uh, and or, also... Is it cal- so they bring up calculated, by the way, that most likely indicates they're moving it to the server. Mm-hmm. Uh, what that means is the calculation. Like so you, yeah, so your Xbox is doing some stuff, but then the server is drawing the world. And that would, yeah. that would also mir- mirror, it sounds like Polygon may not have covered this, but when you're healing people, they made a big point of saying that the server side client handles the ragdolls. So when you grab a person, they're being calculated of where they are through the server, not through, like, Carrick's Xbox. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, it, I don't know. The, the description, when it says, like, things could dangle, I'm not 100% sure I want to be running around and have a fucking, like, swinging log hit. Like, I, I would have to yeah. see how it's how it all works I, out, because yeah. they're that, a little flowery. The description is, like, the only... I'm not against more destruction. That's what Battlefield no, or It's something, like, I wish Battlefront did, for example, which it severely lacks. Yep. So I'm excited to see a place that's fully destructible. I just want it to be natural... I blow the fucking building up, that's it. And everything can be crumbled. I think this is the last... Nope, this is the second to last point, sorry. An ongoing story. Here's where you wanted to talk about something, Carrick. At launch, Battlefield 5 multiplayer will begin by exploring the earliest parts of World War II, but new battlefields and new fronts will open up over time. Just as World War II expanded and changed, so too will the multiplayer experience of Battlefield 5. DICE refers to that system as Tides of War. What it will do is give players a sense of momentum and a reason to stick with the game over time, which has been a big thing with DICE and EA, by yeah, the way. Yeah, for sure. With the Battlefront. Biggest. That was their thing, but Battlefront hasn't received new heroes since December, I think. I'm going to have to double-check that. But oh. Anyway, certain cosmetic items, such as vehicles, weapon components, or component skins, will only be available at certain times. As the tides of war roll over, you'll be able to prove that you were there for a pivotal engagement based on the items that your soldier wears in combat. So, cosmetic rewards if you participate in an event. The end result, DICE said, is to keep players interested and engaged in the multiplayer over the game in the game of the game, sorry, over a long time frame. The side effect will that will be that everyone on the battlefield will look completely different. Most importantly of all, there will be no premium pass this time around. Every map, yeah. every mode, and every expansion pack will be completely free. 
So, Carrick, this was one of the points you wanted to talk about. So, well, first of all, the premium that. thing, dude, that's awesome. Yes, like, isn't that awesome? Huge. When they announced that, and I was watching, that was the one place where I noticed people were freaking out. But to me, um, so they were also talking about events, and they were talking about daily, weekly, and monthly events, and how important they are to the community. And to me, it reminds me of the multiverse and, and Injustice. And I know that with Injustice 2, you weren't a huge fan of the online, but the single player's multiverse has timed events. Yes. And those timed events sometimes have attached cosmetics to them. To me, there is nothing that will probably drive me to play a game more than them saying, come to this event and, and we'll reward you for this event. I don't want uh, fucking mobile games events where they're like, okay, thanks, you get some crystals, you know, or you get some money. I want a game where if I show up for the battle overdone, it's fucking, you know, a bunch of people playing that maybe there's a special skin for just that event that's available for those couple days. I am all for that. Like, I will kill to play that. I, would, I will continue to return to it if they do that. So I think I was wrong about Battlefront 2. I don't think they've added new... I know this is a little off-topic. I just want to clarify. No, that's all right. Heroes. Um, it, it seems like there has not been new heroes added, um, but the rumor is that there is a solo Season 2 DLC coming. Oh, um, gotcha. And I know they've added new skins and stuff. Just I'm talking about heroes. So I apologize. I was somewhat wrong, but for the most part, they have not done anything on the scale from what I've read so far. And as I covered the game a little bit, because um, there was like the leak of General Grievous, but so far they have not done anything of that level of the Last Jedi season. So anyway, back to uh, the Battlefield Five. Um I love the idea as well, I'm with you, of free DLC. This ongoing story thing, I think it depends how frequent it is. Because as these games develop, and, and we do this games as a service where it's like you get the product and then they want to keep you looped in over time, it, it boils down to how snappy you are, how quick yeah. you get that content out. Because people are done in like two weeks. People are done in a week. Yeah. So I don't expect them to to drop it fast. But I mean, this is this is so reminiscent of... Battlefront 2, you know, they were like, we want to have content after launch, we want to really reel you guys in here, keep you invested in the product, not even a month later as the movie drops, we get The Last Jedi, we get these two new heroes and Phasma and Finn, it's like awesome, things are looking great, how many months is it going to be until a new set of heroes drops, it's silent on the home front, nothing happens, not that Battlefield will find that same fate, I think Battlefield will be fine, but there is that chance there now, because of what happened with Battlefront 2, um, and, and that does worry me. It does, personally. Yeah. But all in all, I can't complain about free shit. And if they keep the events frequent enough, I think that'll keep a lot of players hooked. It's just really yeah. a matter of they've said this before. Will they stick to it this time? That's what I'm getting at. I think maybe they wanted to do it, but that the microtransaction thing, everything. It I mean, disrupted the whole process. Look at the once. resources. You can't reprogram everything and then rebalance without using resources you were planning. Unless you're planning on firing those people, which they probably weren't. Those people were going to be working on other stuff and had to jump back. So, yeah. to me, I'm excited if they do all that kind of stuff because I like. And I was talking about events prior to the podcast. I would love the idea that they were like, okay, on Monday, a couple days prior. Um, we're going to have an event and it's like you're dropped in the jungles of blah 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 and you've only got handguns or whatever i would fucking kill for that because one of the things i've always felt jeez that was my dog sorry and one of the one of the ways i've always felt these games drop the ball is by changing it up to a a, a large amount they don't want to they usually want to make everybody 
feel PC and comfortable with everything and everybody's equal. It's like, no. Instead, we all have handguns. No snipers. Can't worry about a sniper because everybody's got a forty-five. Let's just have an event with just forty-fives and see how it works. Yeah. I would I fucking like, kill or, to play yeah, that. Or, or they, I mean, Battlefield has always been exceptional at sectioning all pieces of the map and making smart use of that. Say they take a building, it's indestructible, you put everyone in there, you give them all shotguns, and it's just a shotgun-focused event or something like that. I mean, Dude, yeah, it'd be and, cool to have a cool objective, but I, I think that they would be so... get creative with the map because it's so big and, and highlights certain points. Well, look at we strategy see. guides, too, right? Because the strategy guides will say, yeah. here's a sniper point. But if you're with a fucking shotgun, it's like it doesn't matter if that's yeah. a good sniper point anymore. Yeah. So. I mean, I just think these events are good times to experiment. You look at what happened with Overwatch. Yep. I know it's a really off-the-walls example, and I don't think Battlefield will ever do something like it. But Overwatch did Lucio Ball. Just as kind of like, eh, fuck it, let's mm-hmm. have some fun. It ended up being a blast. It was like Rocket League and Overwatch, and it was so much fun. And I played multiple nights of that event. It's like that only happened because they experimented and, and yep. had said event. So I hope that this is something that they go a little crazy with because um, they did say, the, the director of the game did say, we, we focus on fun more than anything here. This was after all the controversy, and it was in response <laughs> to a picture of some guy sitting on a horse with a flamethrower. So it seems like maybe a rebound comment, but I'd be more inclined to believe that's their philosophy. Yeah, me too. Would, would you? I have a question for you, though. Um so you're, I mean, Call of Duty versus Battlefield. It sounds like you're more of a Battlefield. You, you, you lean more towards those, right? Towards Battlefield than a Call of Duty. <laughs> yeah, I probably have more lifetime hours on Call of Duty, though, if I'm honest. But I mean, if we ignore like the you, the youth indiscretions mm, right now, yeah, oh, God, you're probably yeah. still yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so so if you look at Battlefield, might give Call of Duty the edge, though. I will say that. Me too. No, yeah. me too. But it, since they removed it, my <laughs> I've totally changed my thought process on everything. Um. Yeah. So if you're playing it, then are you are you looking for huge changes like not the ball game, the Overwatch thing, but like it, what would be a big change for you? What would be if if I said, okay, we're doing an event on Monday, and you hit A to see what that event was? What would excite you? Because what would excite me is like a level where it was already destroyed and couldn't be rebuilt, or maybe could be rebuilt, but everything was gone. So it changes. With all that destruction, imagine what a level looks like when we play destructible games and you've destroyed, you know, all the level and you look back at it and you're like, I was here. Imagine coming into that level as the starting, you know. I think, when I think events, I think, okay, this is a chance to do something completely off the beaten path. Okay. Because I've noticed a lot of events that catch fire are the ones who just okay, let's do something random. Like, I'm talking Battlefield Five has bow and arrows, everyone's in an open field, and you're all just just trying to fucking <laughs> Right, them. right. I'm sure that's a lot of work for an event. So I wouldn't expect that, but I'm saying something off the walls exciting like that, like it's just a change, you know, a mm-hmm. breath of fresh air, because the core game's always going to be the core game. You're always going to have that explosive, fun shooter in Battlefield, or hopefully fun, in Battlefield Five. It's like, it would be nice to have that breakaway event where it's just let's just go crazy let's have fun sure um grenade launchers only instant instead of waiting for the grenade to blow up it's an instant explosion that would be kind of annoying but you get what i'm saying like something random like that that's what would excite me once again battlefield makes huge maps i'd imagine that if they were smart enough to dissect them and 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 take data based off where players are constantly localizing and then go to the less populated areas, it would probably provide a fresh experience for most players because, yeah. you know, they could just be like, all right, so we see players are always in around the B flag. 
So we're going to go about 40 meters southwest of that, take this crop of land, and in there we're going to put a fence, and like I said, we'll, we'll give them all bows and arrows, and they're going to have a free-for-all of eight people there. And it's going to be like a last man standing sort of thing, no respawns. You know, something like that I think would be cool. And, and then like the event's called Last Man Standing, and for however many people die, you know, over the course of the event, um, once you hit a certain point, because that proves how many people played the matches over and over and over, a community-based reward gets handed out. Like, you get sure. a, a cool, I don't know, like a quiver of arrows that sits on your character's back as a cosmetic item. You know, like I said, I'm just kind of running with this fucking bullshit arrow thing, but, yeah, you know, you get the idea of that. Because yeah. I know you like Far Cry Primal when you're pretending yeah, you Yeah, yeah, deep down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, mean, that was one of the weapons I used a lot in Far Cry 5, to be fair, so. <laughs> oh, gotcha, gotcha. Um, <laughs> for me, I would say, yeah, I would agree with all that. I also would love to see a company, no company is going to do this, by the way, so I know people are going to comment, but. I would love to see a company finally get away from having the flags always be in a specific spot. Mm. And the reason why I say this is, if you have a flag in your like your south, that'd be east southeast corner, and it's always there, then your battles, whether defending or attacking, are usually based usually in like this kind of format or this kind of format. Yes. And there's a there's a feeling where you don't see what's on the other side because people usually don't go there except for maybe a flank. But if they had maybe 12 spots for flags, and each time you win, it was either one time it was north-south you were battling, okay. the other time it was east-west. I would, I what, what if it's diagonal, mm -hmm. I would die for that, because it would change, I mean, anybody's done this, play a single-player game and go back uh, and, look at, at, and look at it from the other side, walk back through the level, and I mm -hmm. guarantee you, you will see shit you've never seen before. And a, a different like way to look if at the level. I would die for that. Monthly or bi-monthly, I think that would oh, be yeah. huge. I, I think of it like golf. Um, what happens is like they'll take the hole, and then they'll fill it, and then they'll put the pin somewhere else. So each time you come back, I don't know how often they do it. I haven't looked into that. But each time I've come back to a course, it'll be in a different spot. So the way you try to land on the green and the way you play the ball has to be differently. And I know that's a, a strange example, but I think of that instantly when you say that. Yeah, it's sure. a little psychological tweak that changes how you play it's the same thing yep. could be um amplified with a video game where you know you're constantly like you said you're going in that line this is my flanking area to the sea flag this is a good this place has a good perch if i want to wait for someone to come out of the sea flag um if i'm attacking same thing if i'm exiting the area and i want to watch if anyone's coming towards sea etc you change up where the flags are positioned where now sea is up on that perch and everyone's shooting down on people coming up the sea so that's a good idea i hope they roll with that I hope so, too, man. I would like to see... I, I do believe that we're both... We've just now been in gaming long enough and reviewing long enough that we're starting to see companies realize that there's an overlap. We've seen it, but oh, they're God, seeing it. Yeah. Where there's an overlap, and there, there's like a Call of Duty overlap, a Battlefield overlap, with blah, blah, blah. And there's it would be so nice to see them continue to experiment, even if they're going to release the same game, you know, Call of Duty 6, whatever. If they're going to... I would like to see them really experiment. I don't think Battle Royale is much of an experiment. It is, is just inevitable right now for every game to have one. <laughs> so it's like, you're all, yeah, it'll have a Battle Royale mode, what have you. But shit like that would make me engage at such a higher level because, yeah. for example, if you mixed them, only handguns, now we've mixed where the flags are. It, it, because we I, we even see it. You look at YouTube. That's what I was getting at with strategy guides. You look at YouTube. Somebody's made a strategy guide for Overwatch so many months ago, but guess what? It's still going to work somewhat because it's, you know, it's still generally the same map. Mm -hmm. But if those strategies are changed completely because the fucking flags are in a different spot, I mean, to me, that's 
that would be magical to go into it and just even if it was one fucking flag being different, I would still it, it you're still looking at a completely different style of objective. I would love it. I agree. I'm right there with you. Last point on this article is refined gunplay movement. Finally, longtime fans of Battlefield series will notice a host of subtle refinements to the way players move and shoot. First off, random bullet deviation RBD was removed. Players will be able to place their shots more effectively, and in time, they will be able to learn how different weapons fire. Developers used the example of submachine gun fired at medium range the first few rounds of each burst land in the same exact spot every time. But when the trigger is held down longer, later rounds spread out, which I am going to be totally truthful. I thought that's how most guns and games worked. That early pattern will be nearly identical each time the trigger is pulled, while the latter pattern will be much more predictable than in previous Battlefield titles. There will be at least two tiers of weapons, including an entry level that is easier to use. More powerful weapons won't be hampered by RBD. Instead, the developers said they'll be balanced by tweaking the damage they do or the amounts of ammunition that players are given. For movement, players will have more options than ever before. That includes the ability to throw themselves into prone position and slide forward, but also facing to the right or left. Players will now also be able to fall backward, going prone onto their back, where they will be able to fire their weapon while crawling backwards. While prone players will also be able to turn and face in any direction, a 360-degree freedom of movement that will allow them to occupy tight spaces and set up hasty ambushes with ease. Rule of thumb is that if your gun is up and visible, you'll be able to fire. That includes while mantling over obstacles. Movement will also be much more fluid. Options for aggress include uh, flinging yourself out a window, even on the second story. When you hit the ground, your soldier will take some damage, to be sure. But if they survive, they will simply tuck and roll and get back into the fight. And that is it. What a mouthful. I think, you know what, though? I don't know about you. I feel like a lot of that's bullshit. I, it could just be me, but it, it sounded like a bunch of filler for saying we made shit a little bit more responsive. I like the idea yes. of jumping over something and fire, but the rest of the stuff, they're like, you'll be able to move quicker. And it's like, okay, well, that's not very descriptive. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I guess it'll depend more on what we see in E3, because I know it's supposed to be playable there. So that'll be yeah. it'll be more interesting. I look at it like, you know, as someone who, I cover a lot of games, but as someone who's within a certain community, I look at it as that's the piece of news that, like, will hit hard for, like, the, the hardcore, hardcore who's, like, right in on on rbd which i'd never heard of before and it's like oh my gosh they removed it here's why this is such a this minimal change is such a gigantic impact when it really only applies to those hardcore players no no disrespect to them because like i said i i know what it's like being a bethesda youtuber and you see a small tweak and you're like this is much bigger than you imagined here as well yeah um but i think that's why we're sitting here going hmm but I agree. I feel like that's a little bit of fluff there. Um, the the ability to lay on your stomach and then flip over on your back and shit reminds me of Resident Evil Six a little bit. Yeah, a <laughs> little little crawling around and prone. So we'll see. But uh, that's that piece on Battlefield Five. Overall thoughts on the game. You know, what do you think of the trailer? Um, regard we we can argue forever about if that ending bit is cinematic because it. it I mean. It's hard to know if it's CGI. It, it certainly looked like CGI, but there weren't any extra animations. So it looks like it might have been one of those pre-rendered ones where they're rendered via assets in the game world. I liked a lot of what I saw um, for just the way things looked. But but what happened was it was so chaotic because I know you didn't see it, but the first 20 minutes, they're like, historic 
we're going to go, we're going to invest, you know, it's going to be accurate, it's blah, 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 and then it's just fucking raining tanks and airplanes everywhere. And I don't think the trailer did a very good job selling what they were selling prior. It's almost like we have these amazing sports cards, and then you find out they're all four Tauruses. And you're all, well, that's not exactly what, you, it's still a car, but it's not exactly what you were talking about. So I don't necessarily have a problem with each. I just need to see it to understand why they even said it. Like, where is the accuracy? Because that's what they talked about a lot. Um, what they showed was Battlefield Heroes to me. And there's nothing wrong with that game, but it wasn't necessarily what they explained prior. So there was, a, for me, there was a disconnect when I saw the trailer. Because I was like, wait, what? Well, yeah, and, you know? and the disconnect further is when we go back to those comments I said the director had where he's like, we're all about fun here. So I didn't see the reveal event, but you're saying they're talking about historical accuracy. We see the trailer... Very yeah. action packed, very over the top, and then right. see afterwards they're like, "We're about fun now." It's it's yeah, like you said, you, it was the separation of church and state almost. Yeah, yeah, where they were trying. It's almost like they're not panicking. I don't want to say that, but they, a little bit where they're like, "No, you can still have fun." Oh God, not again. <laughs> Here, yeah, here's the problem though. I really do believe that they failed in a big way, and the way to have got around that was to show the game. Yep, they didn't do it. It's always that simple. Dude, it is. They had to, it, it. It is. Let people see what is actually occurring. It, it, they didn't. They. We don't even know if that's real. Whatever. It's like you should have just shown some gameplay so people can go. Okay, I get it because it just leaves it open for interpretation, which is a disaster right now. Like, if there's anything I wouldn't do as a developer, it's leave anything open to interpretation. Yeah, just show right the now. Game. Just show, just show it. Yeah. Yep. Show it and let let it stand or die on what it's actually going to be because it will die if you fucking lie to people yeah it, it, that Absolutely. we know that now so see for me though it, i know a couple of people share this but for me i was easily sold on the game just because i love world war ii i am a sucker for world war ii settings gotcha. whether it's historically accurate or we're talking wolfenstein wolfenstein one and two right i love world war ii era stuff and so for me Right when I heard Battlefield Five, World War Two, I was like sold. I'm ready to see more. You know, that, it was that easy. Um, because in light of this reveal, and you know, less so actually the reveal, it, it just in light of how I've noticed game conversations go. There's always the you know because of the internet, everyone can put their hot take out there, and any of those hot takes can catch flame and gather an audience around it. I think a lot of us forget we game. For many different reasons, story, escapism, fun, but I think each of them are their own forms of fun, underlying yeah. the core reason, I think, for everyone is fun. And while I want Battlefield to, yes, you know, historically, I want it to properly represent the era that I say I'm so biased on and go, yep, I, I knew it was World War II and I was sold. I also am just excited to play a Battlefield game in World War II, and it is that simple. I agree that we, you know, as someone who makes discussion videos and likes to further it beyond just the game itself, I get that. And I'm not saying this is all about Battlefield 5, but I just feel that we need to sometimes collect ourselves for a moment, take a breath, and realize we're all under the same umbrella here, and we should just remember gaming is fun. I'm glad it's growing as an industry. It always should, and it should be taken seriously. But the, the, the freakouts and stuff, not just Battlefield yeah. 5, I need to keep emphasizing that because someone will say, well, you're talking about Battlefield 5, but just like anything in general. I'm sure you could pull up an example from last week or the week before or whatever the fuck, and you'll, you'll just see someone freaking out over something. It's like, okay, like, can we just have fun? <laughs> that's what games are. They are fun. It's one of the few places that's pretty apolitical, 
and we can just use it as an escape or just have a good time and that's what's beautiful about it so i just had to say my piece on that personally well that's why i'm doing i do all the fun factor explain now videos because a lot of people asked for detroit become human they'll be like well what's fun so then you have to explain that kind of fun and then there's the fun of a call of duty and then there's battlefield might overlap that there's there's fun for those state of decay you and i've talked about yeah it's like i I mean i get it too because i do the occasional discussion video as well or podcasts for sure i think are i would consider the most discussion style and um it, it does all revolve down to like what somebody finds fun because yeah. I, it, it, it will be different for everybody. I do believe that I wish developers and publishers also understood that because, again, if they had shown certain things in these trailers, then I think the fun could have been, you could have identified if you would have fun or if it sort of aims in for you. Right now it's just unfortunately you and I talking about what we hope mm. versus like seeing it. Like I'm, it's... I'm so tired of CGI, though, Maddie. Like, I'm... Dude, I don't even want to watch fucking cartoons anymore because (laughs) it reminds me of shitty video game trailers. That's the thing. These cinematic trailers, like, they don't do anything for me. They don't. They honestly... What do they do, Maddie? They make you mad. Yeah. That's... Because you're, like, you're wasting my life. I think that's a recent excellent example of fuck this game, too. This game looks great. There was literally a 180 on Rage 2 once the gameplay trailer dropped. People were yep. like, fuck Rage 2, fuck this game, this sucks. This Ambiguity was gone, right? Like, Whoa, this actually looks fun. It's like, yeah, they, amb- they, they knew what it was. The ambiguity is gone, and somebody can just go, there's no mystery. It's like, this is what it is, and then you can like that, or grow exactly. to like it. And then you, I, I've seen more assurance in the comments when people saw that game. They were like, yeah, I can see oh, why people like it, but you know what? This is not for me, because yep. X, Y, and Z. It's... And I wonder, that's got to be on, we, we say the developers and publishers, it's up to them to fix that, but they probably know this. They're like, we don't want them to just make a quick quick decision. We want them to think about the game, and then the gameplay. Uh, you know what I would rather see then? This is never going to happen. I would rather see the CGI come at the end of the trailer then. Yeah. Show me the gameplay, and then, and then do CGI or whatever. Like that's a waste of money at that point. It is. It is, but it's a waste of money to me that they did a, we don't know if it's cgi or real game because they started that fucking trailer with cgi it's like if you have all these things i you know what i would like to see i would like to see somebody leap through the window from a second story and just put it in the camera and ju- like the video game camera just watch them do it because then i would be like okay that's what it's going to look like whether it looks worse or better when it comes out um i, I know why companies do it it's safety obviously yeah. because they're they're nervous about what it may look like it's going to be a couple months, so you also have to look at like optimizations. Is it going to look better? Is it going to look worse? Watchdogs, you really have to watch that too. There's just a, it, it would suck to be a developer or publisher and try to figure out how, you know, because everybody's going to freak too. That's another thing. I'm not saying what I'm saying is right because if I if somebody did that, then people would bitch. You're right, and yeah. they would have a complaint about that. Yeah. They would be like, oh, it doesn't look good. Whatever. Exactly. I mean, because I've seen. We know that there's a stat out there that's like 50% of gamers decide whether or not they're buying a game just based off graphics alone. And I saw people even like teasing the trailer for looking almost cartoonish. Yeah, um, so did I. Which I was like, then what really was the point of this cinematic trailer? And DICE has always had a funny thing with their gameplay trailer, gameplay reveals. It's in-engine, so it's technically gameplay, but it's really fucking not. And it's like... Uh, I, 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 they are the only company that does that. They do it with Battlefront yeah. and they do it with Battlefield. I'm like, dude, just fucking show the game when it's gameplay because you know this is not the game. Like Battlefront is a special example where mm, kind of close. 
yeah, one to one, but kind of close. But but with Battlefield, I'm sure it'll once again kind of close. But you'll be able to see the difference here because I doubt Battlefield looks that kind of. Do you think it's popping color you, and stuff? You think it's possible? I mean, I'm sure. I guess it is possible, but it, maybe it's a bigger deal than I think of. Maybe the situation is that the pe- publisher and dev are nervous that people are going to take the video apart frame by frame, which we do analysis <laughs> sure, yeah. videos, and maybe they're like, "Fuck, man, we just don't." I mean, we're not done with this, uh, you know, animation, and somebody's going to make a goofy gif of it, so we'll just do CGI, which this in this case didn't turn out the best for them. I don't know. You know what I would also like to have seen? I would like to have seen them do whatever they wanted to do that day and then the very next day have the gameplay trailer, a true one. Mm-hmm. I would be Rage did that sort of, didn't yes. they? Yeah. Where they were like, "Here's our weird cuz I think they did real people did. over yeah, <laughs> it was kind of strange to be brutally honest. But then the next day or very close, they were all here's your gameplay. They I think they're waiting a little too long. It's like, "Oh, E3, that's a long enough time for us to pick everything apart it's like it would have been cooler if it was like here's here's something in the very next day if they're not going to do it right then which i still think it gives room for another announcement or teaser event to happen and just kind of wipe battlefield from someone's mind so yeah i don't know why you wait to show the game but what they say 64 versus 64 you read a number what's the biggest mm-hmm. um group or was it 64 total it sounds like 32 versus 32 is this game i'm not is sure. the largest i don't want to i would love I, to I, see a hundred I would love to see 150 versus 50. I would love to see them finally start. Level of uh, battles. Planet Side 2, I'd be even cooler with. 200 versus 200. (laughs) I mean, just fucking insane. Well, that's almost a 50-minute discussion on on Battlefield 5. I almost said Borderlands 3. I wish. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Next bit of news is The Wolf Among Us. Uh, Easily Uh my favorite telltale game it has been delayed to 2019 let's talk about telltale a little bit you played batman i forgot what your stance is on the wolf among us do you like that game a lot yeah it's my second favorite after batman it used to be my first favorite until uh season two of batman Mm. do you think you know because the wolf among us they've been very you know it feels like they're announcing a new game every couple months they're always talking about it showing it doing panels at PAXs about it, and then with The Wolf Among Us, it's just this odd sense of being quiet. Do you think they're like... I think of maybe they're making a new engine. That's the, the optimist in me, that they're finally making a new engine and upgrading so that The Wolf Among Us 2 is going to look amazing and set a new precedent for the future of Telltale Games. You would be you would be right. They did it. They did recently say that. They did? They, I, they switched Unreal. Oof. Yeah, yeah right. they're done. They're done with their... Um, I'll look at the date. It wasn't too long ago, um, and it was easy to miss because it was crouched in the layoffs, mm. I believe. So, um, okay. it, Telltale switching engines. So, to me, I, I would totally agree with you. I think that that's most likely it, but also the fact that um, they had the big layoffs because they had too many games being announced. Um, I think they want to make sure that Wolf is the best foot forward they can for a new year. So, 2019, I hate it. Because I, I, I want the game, but yeah, it makes tell sense. Me about it. That game is something else, dude. That that's that's one that I remember I bought kind of on a whim for five bucks on like one of my first Steam sales and sat down, ripped right through it without even a second thought. And I, I remember the chapter three, the ending of that is when I was like, whoa, you know, that's when it hit me. And I thought this game is serious. Got me into comics. Yeah, for the, really. I've never been. Yeah. I've never been into comics. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know that was a comic book. And then, um, you know, they said, 
oh, it's the Fable series or whatever. I can't remember that. I think that is Fable. the name. Yeah, yeah. and so that's pretty much, I had read comics before as a little kid, and it, it faded out, but that got me to look at a couple, and then that sort of rolled me into Batman, which then started me into comics, because now I'm into comics. Well, mm-hmm. no, I was see, never I, into I, I was, for me, it was um, Spider-Man Homecoming, just because Spider-Man's my favorite hero. I love Oh, it. got you. Watched the movie, I was like, I can't wait for more Spider-Man, so I like read a bunch of Spider-Man <laughs> comics, and then that's it was cool. just down the rabbit hole, Ninja Turtles, Batman, you know, that type of shit. So, yeah, The Wolf Among Us, though, it's suffering a delay, but I think it's for good reason. The the, the yep. fact that they're updating their engine, I think, is... Uh, very, Unity, very by the smart. way, too. Sorry to interrupt. I was, okay. It is Unity, not Unreal, but they are switching. Okay. I still think that's better than the yeah. previous one, which was buggy, and yeah, that one was questionable at best. So, that's definitely good. I, I do wonder, because um, I've never played a Telltale game on the Switch, or um, the Vita, but I have seen, and it is very laggy. I wonder if their mobile performance will increase now with a new engine. I would assume so. I mean, their engine, Unity isn't the best engine, but I would assume that that's probably their number one thing is performance, because that's a game that on the Xbox and PS4 had issues. Yeah. So if they want to spread... It's time to switch over. I'm sure it would suck, too, because imagine being an animator where that's all you've worked on, you know, and they're like, oh, we're switching to Unity, so then do you hire? And that's how all this started was people looking on LinkedIn as normal, and they found, like, Unity, uh, you know, engine builder needed at Telltale, and then people are like, what the fuck? And then it sort of ballooned from there. Mm -hmm. So I can't wait. I'm super excited for them to switch. It needs to happen as soon as possible. I know. Man. I feel bad for the people on LinkedIn. Yo, they'll just put unannounced title 2018. People are like, it's fucking COVID in 2018. And they blow up this guy's profile. He's like, fuck, yep. man. You know, I just wanted to update my career portfolio online. Yeah. All I was saying was I wasn't working there anymore, guys. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, but it also indicated this. All right. Well, we got to wait till 2019 for a little more of Big B Wolf. I remember with, with uh, I always think of Divinity Original Sin 1 when I think of The Wolf Among Us because... I was like, I'm going to make the most random combo of characters in the first game. And so I made a, <laughs> I made Bigby Wolf and Harley Quinn. And I'd have oh, them team up, that's... and it was actually pretty fun. So uh, for those who have not played Divinity Original Sin 1, that is the team that you should make, in my opinion. Yeah, exactly. The duo you never heard of, yep. they're the best duo ever, though. Exactly. Yeah, I, I can't wait. I, I'm, I'm super stoked to see the Wolf Batman Season 3, any of those games in the new engine. I'm I'm twice as excited. Is Batman as on season three? Batman will be on season three. Yeah, season two just wow, finished. And I'm going to tell you right now, <laughs> wow, season two's fucking good. Wow. Okay, I didn't even know the first one. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Okay. That's that's something I'm going to have to catch up on. All right then. Good to know. Next bit of news. Speaking of fucking awesome games, Carrick, you played Detroit: Become Human, and you said you yeah. could not think of enough good stuff to say about it. Yeah, I would say that. I mean, I'm not going to say it's game of the year, but it, it would be in a list. Mm. Like, it would be, a list might be more than five or even more than ten, but it's it's top. Dude, the game is, like, it's not the pretentious doucheberg David Cage shit where you're like, what in the fuck is this guy talking about? What's all this writing? They got an editor for him. Herb does writing. It's like telltale times a thousand. Because when you get to the end of a chapter, it'll tell, it'll show you all of these other possibilities. And dude. Really? Even just one chapter looks like a game from somebody else. So imagine Until Dawn, except knowing maybe where to go back and sort of experience different things, which I think is vital, and I did not know until this morning was not his idea. The development team said, you know, if we show people 
the possibilities, they'll be more excited. And I got to say, it's fucking, it's so proof in the pudding. Because when you're playing and you get to the end and it's like, do you want to look at the tree? And it won't show you anything. It won't spoil it. And you open this fucking spreadsheet up and you're just like, are you kidding me? Entire different paths, entire different people living and dying. For example, main characters dying for me. Yeah, that game. And graphically, Maddie, there's it, it's mind numbing at times and how good com- that is. Coming off God of War, which coming off God of War, put the bar up there. For, yeah. for open world and now you know right when i heard you say that i'm like didn't we just say this about another game <laughs> so well uncharted 4 right mm-hmm. wouldn't you agree uncharted 4 is in that yeah. and yeah they just they keep and it's a different style of game than those but fuck dude there's one scene heading have you played the pr- prologue the, the demo the demo yes the fucking water coming out of the swimming pool at the starting like so the yeah. demo is the kid right trying to save the child mm-hmm. um there's like a helicopter that can come and it will whip the water up and the water will like slosh out of the swimming pool. And that's the like, of detail, that's, that's like a level five moment compared to the level 10 moments later. Mm, okay. Just graphically stupendous. All right. Yeah. I mean, that was one that I knew it could go either way. I was curious about the yeah. reviews because I remember with beyond two souls that dropped and I saw five out of five reviews and I saw four out of 10, you know, I saw very polarizing reviews for that game and it was one I was unsure of. And I waited a while to pick it up. I think I, I got it for Christmas, I think. And I played, oh, okay. I really liked the story for that one. Um, but I know it didn't have that level of choice. Like you're talking about with Detroit and that level of choice that heavy rain had. Right, or Until are, Dawn. Or Until Dawn. A lot of people are saying this is, hands down, their best game. Would you say it's better than, I'd say, Heavy Rain will go with? Yeah, but my favorite is one of their games, Omicron, which is ancient. So some people are like, uh-huh. okay, he's ancient. He's super mm-hmm. old. But Dreamcast <laughs> game, of all things. Oh, shit. And okay. So- David Bowie. David Bowie singing in it and a bad guy in it. Fucking spectacular title uh, for back then. And um, I did not like Heavy Rain. They're all, yeah. Every single, that's the one problem with David Cage games is they are, that was his first one. They, everyone does follow that format. Every single one. And it's always one against the other. Androids, humans, demons, humans. It's always this tit for tat. Murderers, you know, fucking single dads or what have you. It it, it doesn't matter (laughs) what game. Um, Yeah, it uh, it is way better than those, dude. It is, it's so, it's like Lucas and I said this in the review, but it is, when Lucas had editors, you got Return of the Jedi and Empire Strikes Back, and you got yeah. these games, or these movies that were pretty good, and, and did a pretty good job of, of, of explaining stuff, and then you have him with no good editors, his wife divorces him, she was known as one of the better writers, and suddenly the midichlorians are a fucking blood donor check. It's like, oh, A+, plus. oh, I also have midichlorians, you know, yeah. it, it just, it, yeah. it became so weird and rote. That is exactly how this is. The improvement, though, it's in reverse. Okay. And it, it goes from these pretentious moments and heavy rain and all this stuff to very, very, some are direct, but very subtle things going on. That's so subtle that people who play as games are confused. I had one guy who was all, I don't understand, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, actually, it's there if you look over here. And he's like, I never expected that in a David Cage game. And I'm all, yeah, I know. It's, and so remember, I'm not a big fan of his games rep, other than that. And. I don't quite understand why. I've never had an issue with his games. Like, did I miss something? No. Um, so or something he said off the record. Well, that that's 
Yes, there's some stuff at his company, like CD Projekt Red, some working environment uh, issues that are for sure out there. But David um, has a tendency, and I'm not calling him first name because I know him. I'm saying David Cage. He um, has a tendency to very, be very pretentious in his writing, and they're long, like, you know, and they're a little too, um, trying to think of a movie, Passion of the Christ kind of stuff. They're, they're like, eclectic, and sometimes they're a little too thick for their own good. When Like, you know, it's like, this isn't just a fucking comb, it's a separator of different hair follicles. And you're like, fuck off, it's a comb. So, that. And what's happened in this one is it's been curbed down a bit. Also, he was very heavy-handed. So, you, you, it was like, you know, the Christ pose in the, uh, in the Superman, the, the one that came out, um, not the one versus Batman, the, but the first of the new ones. Yes. Superman, like, gets saved on the alien ship goes down to protect Earth, and he comes out in literally a Christ pose. Like, that's on the nose. That's considered on the nose. It means you're a savior, here's your Christ pose moment, now you're going to save people. Those aren't in this game. And that's what's cool. There's a couple that I think some people don't like because it's about slavery, and they feel that it's a little too cribbed. That could be true, but I also think that's set up infinitely better in this game than he would have done in prior games. It's just... Really well done. Okay. That's my that opinion. That makes sense. Okay, I get that. And I think it kind of fits the game because in the title it says become human. It's like you got to humanize these characters, not make them, like you said, pretentious, have these yeah. moments. So well, it sounds like I said right this game for it. It is. And I think you would like this. The, one of the coolest things is they actually describe love or they describe a uh, android getting emotions and, and love and anger. And one of the guys is like, well, all love is for an android or all anger is for an android is when too many instruction sets are played at a decision point and i was like holy shit that makes per- that's like my sixth grade fucking dates yeah. like there's where shit's just like nah, and you're all i don't know what to fucking do and and so when you see the androids having these moments your brain is like is that a human really because they're having the exact same situation i had like I do know those feelings, and I loved that. That was, and basically what he's, what their description is. This is not spoiling it for anybody. Is these deviants, these other androids, are starting to have decision gates. So like, go left, go right. But instead of go left, go right, thousands of other decisions are being are, are like offered, and it's confusing. And you're trying to figure out: does that mean they're humans or not? Okay. Like, does that does that indicate they will be? Okay. I loved it. All loved right. it. That, that I mean, that sounds awesome. I'm holding back for one other game in particular. That's the only reason I didn't go for Detroit. And mm. you already know what that game is. For those who don't, I am very excited for Vampire. And after hearing in your review, you were like, you know, it could be seven hours. But if you look at everything and when you say look and do everything, do you mean every branching path? Nope. Or do you mean like everything as in like you interact with the objects, you read stuff? Yeah, I would mean that. So you're a, you're a platinum player, right? You like platinums? Oh, I, think I love about... my trophies. Yeah. Okay, so um, not that, but to sort of see the end results of everything. So you may still miss a path or two, but you'll get the endings. Because one of them had eight endings, just one chapter. And there's many chapters. One guy guy can die, and the game will just continue because it will just continue. They had that much money, I guess, to, to write these multiple stories. So you'll do one path and it'll show your decisions and then when you zoom out it'll show that like right at the starting whatever you did something didn't even maybe know there was a decision there but you looked a certain way and there's a decision up and down and then those split off into three 
and you might have one single chapter that has six full endings. Without spoiling anything, there was a single decision to be made about where to stay the night to be safe with another character, and there were eight. No, that one was six, I think. Six different places you could go, and those all would then start the next chapter that character shows up in in a completely different spot. Okay. So, to get this right, because I remember hearing in your review, you said, you know, you beat the game, even if you, you get one ending, you kind of get a general picture of the whole yeah. story. Yeah. So, the idea is, is one story arguably like seven hours, but there's so many ways to play, and you're definitely going to go back and hit these branching paths because it's core to the whole vision? That yeah, it would be, be... 28 hours, or... Yeah, well, yeah, so not only that, but again, characters can die. So if you have a character die and you want them to show up in the later parts of the game with the other two, then you would want to go back and do whatever to cause them to live. So you have those as well. So for me, what I consider that is, is going and seeing every ending or at least seeing the, um, the results of everything and sort of seeing how it all pieces together. If you wanted to see... How, every ending mixed with every un- other ending, it's thousands of hours. Like, it wouldn't even... I, I, I wouldn't even enter my mind to try that. that that's beyond a platinum. That's like what, a diamond or whatever. <laughs> like that's, yeah, that's crazy. That's adamantium or something. So, oh, yeah. Um, But yeah, for, for experiencing these characters and seeing how everything fits together, and also, I would say, to flesh out the world perfectly because the game is subtle, and in real life, we don't know everything. You might have a social engagement and you don't understand why somebody's pissed, and you're never told, Right. So if you want to know those elements, then it matters. Well, you did the prologue at the ending. You can have the child die. Yeah. You can have a child live. You can have the child die, but the fucking uh, like helicopter people kill the terrorist. You can have the child live and have that happen. All those matter because then that comes up multiple times in the story later. So mm-hmm. every one of those endings at least has some some Damn, notations really put some money into this. Dude, it's crazy. It's no lie, Maddie. That it's one of the first times where I've sat back and been like. How many fucking people were working on this? Because uh, the actors, right? How much money they must have got paid oh, for the God, voice lines. Yeah. Minka Kelly, Clancy Brown, uh, the guy from Grey's Anatomy is the other one. Um, there's like some big actors in there that probably got a couple bucks for doing some voice acting. Yeah, I mean, I was just talking about this in a video uh, about Vampire. I was like, I'm really curious to see a game that takes the choice and consequence seriously and is like, these are branching paths and when you do this there are repercussions and you can go off the beaten path and people can die and if they do die it doesn't yeah. end there. You keep going. And I was saying like, you know, I hope Vampire has a certain level that like if I kill someone I won't be able to get a certain detail for a conversation and then I won't right. be able to get somewhere with someone else. That level of consequence. But I love hearing this about this game because it gives me hope and I want to play it now because of that solely just due to the fact that it includes a consequence to your choice and actually a meaningful one. And a huge dude. Huge. <laughs> yeah, we, I was just talking to another di- person on Discord and they have beat it with a completely different like set of people living and stuff. And I was like, wait, what? And what's weird is my story for one of the characters ends abruptly because of a bad choice I made. And I, what's cool is it wasn't a choice I made in a notation in this particular one. It was a quick time that I missed like two or three times in a row. It wasn't like instant death. It was like I just wasn't getting in line with it. And when I got done, I told them, I'm like, and we had a cool argument, but I'm like, dude, you're wrong. He's like, no, the character lives. And I'm like, no, it's impossible. The character definitely doesn't live past this point because it makes sense to me that they died here. 
and then he explained that person living and all the stuff that happened. I'm like, God damn, that's good writing. Mm -hmm. That's really phenomenal that I feel like my story is done. It's what Mass Effect 3 tried to do and failed so spectacularly to do, which is show that a character can die and have it matter, but make you feel like Andromeda was worthy of the next step. Like, okay, we're gonna, we have a next step. They didn't do a good job passing the torch. In this one, it's done phenomenally well. And it's the first per game I've ever played where somebody died and I didn't go, I'm going back. Like, there's no you fucking... Instead, oh, dude, I was so in it. I was like, what? What the fuck? How are they going to play all this out? And it played out. And then I went back and played it again. Now I'm done with my second and almost on, well, about 2.5 way to my third, beating it a third time. Fuck and there's hell. definitely repetition... <laughs> There's, de there's repetition, you know, when you go, I'll play it more now that we're supposedly not getting a certain code. So ah. I'll probably play that all weekend, to be honest. I'll probably just go in and see where everything lines up. And I'm sure there's more repetition the more times you repeat it. But well, right yeah. now, I felt that the second playthrough was, there was some repetition for sure, but I chose different things. If I could say one thing I don't like, though, and that's the game does not always do a good job of telling you what the, uh, what the options are in a discussion. So if you say sarcasm, sometimes you don't know if it means I'm going to be sarcastic or I'm going to react to your sarcasm. Uh, Does that make sense? Yeah, so there's yeah. a couple times where I was like, Kick! and he was all, blah, 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 and I'm like, whoa, wait, what? That's, what yeah. the fuck? It wasn't L.A. Noir bad, uh, where they're like, you're the bad guy. No, yeah, a little. The description of what you're going to say is way too short to get an idea of what's yeah. going to be said. Bad. And you're like, yeah. that doesn't tell me shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I hope you play it, man, because I, I think you will... Honestly, I think you will fucking adore it. I, I really don't have any problems with being confident and saying that it's worthy of like being one of the best narrative-based titles. It's not an action game, but one of the best narrative-based oh, titles. I love those, and it's been a while since I've sat down and played one of those, so I think that'll be right up my eye. I think it's been since Life is Strange when I really think about it. Oh, God, that game was good. Yeah, so... Fuck! You know, it's been a while for me, uh, so I think the time is right. It was just a matter of pacing it out, making sure I'm not spending too much money, so maybe yeah. I'll make a little impulse purchase here. We'll see, but <laughs> you definitely convinced me, and uh, um, I'm looking forward to picking that up at some time. I'm definitely going to play it this year, because it's in the Game of the Year discussion, and I'm curious what's going on with it. Anyway, on to the next topic. It's the PlayStation 5. Apparently... <laughs> That's not coming until about 2020, 2021, as the PS4 lifecycle is officially winding down. Um, I'd say this last set of exclusives, probably between like Ghost of Tsushima, um, Last of Us Part Two. I'd imagine these are some of the final exclusives in these next couple of years we're going to be seeing from Sony. So how do you feel that, uh, I mean, when you really think about it, this generation, at least for me, has flown by. Yeah. It really has. The fact that it's been five years. I was listening to Kind of Funny Gamescast, and I was just like, when they said that, I thought, wow. You know, I've experienced so many games, so many good times, bad times, of course, and it's been five years, and it feels like it was just yesterday. You know, it feels like these consoles are still new. So the PS5 is coming around then, which I think was for many folk who pay attention to the tech side of things to be expected. That's where a lot of projections landed it. What do you think generally about a PlayStation 5 around that time? Yeah, that's what I had assumed was it was going to be that long. Because APUs and CPUs and GPUs, all that shit's not really... CPUs really haven't seen a big bump. Mm -hmm. So GPUs, we've seen that bump, 4K. Um, frame rate is tied to CPU mostly, and resolution is tied to GPU. Re that's why we're seeing resolutions of 4K in a lot of games. 
I think a little bump in GPU is all you really need there. What we need is the bump in CPU, and that's not really ready. They just There's a lot of little things that they need to get right, especially for mobile chips. People see a console and they forget that those are not normal Intel process or AMD processors. They're mobile versions. Yeah. There's very specific changes. So, yeah, I'm excited to see what they do, but I don't have a problem with this. I think the X is good. I think the Pro is fine. And it, look at God of War or uh, or Detroit Become Human. If that those are the graphics um, that were rare, Sea of Thieves. I didn't love the game, but goddamn, that game at times looks phenomenal. Absolutely. I'm so, water in a game. <laughs> dude, I've never. It, and doesn't it almost look magical? Like you're like, how did they do that water if no one else can do? And for example, Detroit's water. I saw it and I was like, meh, meh. Mm. I've seen better water. You know. Yeah. I was like, so to me, it makes sense date wise. I'm wondering because we saw some progression in this generation. It wasn't quite the leap that we saw, for example, at PS2 to three. Yeah. Um, but we did see a leap in certain ways, and I wonder going forward. What's normalized? What becomes what we expect? Is it going to be always 4K, 60 FPS? Is it always going to be that these games that look like Detroit are also open world games? It's not just like a a narrative game where you can fit the tech into something like that. That's what I always wonder with these leaps to the next console. What's the changes that happen? Yeah, I would say we'll see the um, variable refresh, which I won't get into, but that's a huge g-sync if anybody has g-sync on the pc they already are nodding their heads so that's that's beyond belief it can make a game that's nowhere near 60 frames per second feel completely smooth um variable refresh is a huge deal xbox has it hopefully whatever ps5 they do will have it that's unfortunately a long wait for them when tvs are getting it next year um i don't know we were talking about this too and we were trying to figure out you know like other than bigger hard drives you can't change much to continue backwards compatibility, and Sony is no way, shape, or form not going to have it uh, in their PS5. So it's like, what do you do? Like, what do you... I mean, yeah, and I get why we didn't see a big jump, because we jumped from PPC cell uh, processors to uh, Intel-style processors, 80, or, uh, 64, x64. So it's like, there was a, a... The power, you know, Delta wasn't as big, because it's a new kind of thing, and they're not specific. They're multitasking. Uh, so to me, this is not going to happen. I wish it would. But I just want to say I would love if they started putting specialized chips back in. AI, physics. Physics would probably be my top one. I would love to see a physics processor because it eats so much of the CPU uh, power and cycles. I would love to see that. It'll never happen. But okay. I, think we'll, I, I, I think there isn't much. We'll see uh, global illumination will replace like most um, lighting. But, I mean, so, for example, um, Sea of Thieves does a good job with that. That's why the lighting looks the way it does. We'll see that in a lot more games. Is that affected because Sea of Thieves also goes on the PC? I'm asking because I'm not a big tech guy, but I know you are. Is it because it's not only going on the Xbox One, are they able to access that type of tech and do things like that since it's also being placed on a PC? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't. I mean, I would say that yeah, there's going to be an overlap, so they know they need to add it. But then there are some PS4 games that aren't on PC that have global illumination too. I think it's just power. I mean, it requires a lot. And then ray tracing is another like, if ray tracing happens and people, this is way too technical. But if you get a chance, go look at ray tracing. If that happens for lighting, you're going to see lighting that will blow your mind. And if you're already mind blown at let's say an Uncharted, or in particular Detroit has a couple where you're just like holy shit, you've seen nothing yet if you understand ray tracing. And that's, NVIDIA is starting to uh, 
get their GPUs to accelerate that. If that gets into some GPUs and then, you know, Sony or Microsoft says, hey, we want to do this. I don't really see them doing that. I see them sticking at 4K with, you know, and trying 60 FPS, anti-aliasing, that kind of stuff. 4K is pretty high. I mean, 8K is coming out, but, man, having seen it now, I can say 8K is like, nah. I mean, there you're getting really close to being, you know, your return on investment makes more sense to go in your lighting and your um, your frame rate. Okay. That's just me. About- processors we knew ps3 you sell four yeah. moves on to something differently i think you said intel correct yeah it's x64 uh, it's amd but it's the it's the typical multitasking x64 style process okay my bad then so that would likely present an issue i think with the backwards compatibility where i think as far as back as they could go was probably ps4 so do correct. you imagine yeah. what they're probably going to do is yeah you can play your ps4 games here leave three in the dust yeah, isn't Sony the ones... I mean, they did the same thing with the PS3 and the PS2. The only way they could get the emulation to work was to have a chip that was the PS2 in the PS3 at first. Yeah, yeah it was the so, original PS3 that had, like, the in a little, top. Yeah, and they, they figured out a way to basically get the PS2 on a chip. That was the only way to do backwards. I think that you could possibly uh, do backwards compatible on 3 just due to the power in the new ones. 3 years is a long time. Emulators... Um, remember, Phil Spencer said he didn't think it was even possible to emulate the 360, and mm-hmm. the the team were given like six months. The original Xbox. Yeah, 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 exactly. And do you know you do know that that's not even that's being emulated as if it's a 360 emulator. Yeah. It's, so it's you're it's emulating twice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, isn't that crazy? So, uh, yeah, I mean, power wise, I, I would assume maybe power wise they can do it. It's just the cell is weird too, because. A lot of people loved it, and it did shit that was crazy, which makes it hard to emulate, but it also made it hard to make games for, as Bethesda would tell you. Because <laughs> Bethesda was not happy. companies would. Yeah, yeah that's, why, true. that's why PS3 was the Xbox One of last generation. Up until it, the absolutely. end, it started yeah, to bounce back and evened up, I think, 51 to 49, but you know, you don't see that same thing happening with the Xbox. What do you want to see? Like, what do you want to see on a new call? If I said the, um, you know, not the Xbox because I know you're not you're not a big fan of that, but like PS4 or five. What I do you want? I love Xbox. I mean, I have been playing it a lot more with State of Decay and Oblivion. Oh, and I appreciate that's... the backwards compatibility. I mean, we really did hit on one of my biggest points. I love backwards compatibility. I don't like that's the idea nice. of because I'm buying a new system, I should leave behind my games or have to fire up a a new uh, or an old system. Sorry to play those older games. Um, that's why a lot of people appreciate PC. Everything is in one place, while the PC isn't supported with games like uh, Persona 5 or Detroit Become Human. Like I said, everything's in one place. Yeah. Um, for me, I, you know, I would love to see things step forward in the way of everything 60 FPS. I, I think that's... I appreciate the frame rate a little bit more than I appreciate uh, the up in resolution. That's just gotcha. me, though. Not that I would be complaining about that, but I'd rather there be more of a focus on performance. I'm tired of games that are downright buggy super laggy as much as i like state of decay 2 that's a title that i would not like to see come out in its form in the next generation i know we'll always have our our bad games for some people like i said i like state of decay but i know for a lot of people they're like this is just unacceptable i'd like to see that type of stuff in the next gen kind of wipe itself away and seeing games of that kind in in 2018 now it just it doesn't make sense, and it doesn't work, and I think there should be a, a pedigree. There should be something, a standard that should be held to for all these games. 
because um, that's how the industry moves forward collectively, whether you're indie or not. I mean, right. I guess it boils down to art style because there's a lot of funding involved. But that's one thing I'd like to see. I got to emphasize again backwards compatibility because I'm a nostalgic motherfucker. I love to go back to my shit. So that would be huge for me. But that factors in the cost, I'd imagine. Like you said, they in order to get the th- two to emulate onto the three, they basically put yeah. two on a chip, and it's like that cost a lot of money. That's why they stopped doing that later into the PS3 production cycle because it, it was making the console insanely expensive. And I imagine if you have a chip that can emulate three, and then maybe because the technology overlaps a little bit, four can play on five. Yeah, true. Yeah. Once again, I think we have an issue of money. I think the the system, especially with the technology going further. There's a lot to consider because consoles are easily accessible. They're kind of, I, don't, I never use the word casual, but, you know, they're, they're what are designed for folk who play game a lot like me or folk who don't play games a lot and go, I just want to put my disc in and have this thing fucking work and that's <laughs> yeah, it. right. And so there's a lot to consider that I think we don't think of because we're thinking of, like, the little tech shit, the, the updates mm-hmm. and stuff that they can do, and that'll naturally come. But I, I wonder how unreasonable expectations are. If I want to see anything, though, PS Now overhaul. Fucking A. It overhaul, it almost or needs scrap to... scrap it. Yeah, man. And Do something I mean, new. Jesus Put Christ. your money somewhere else. That, th- that shit yeah. sucks. I'd yeah, love to see that. I just got fiber here uh, two days ago. Very nice. And somebody asked me, they're like, oh, man, will you play PSN game? Will you play PS Now or whatever? I'm like, fuck, no, I will not no. play P- Like, and, and I'm not a, in any way an elitist, but goddamn. Like the the cost, just everything associated with that system needs to be relooked at. Luckily, Microsoft and Sony are competitors, and I think we'll I think we'll see that. I would say one other thing I would love to see. This is so weird, but I like the accessibility controller from the Xbox. Did you I see that? that. You know, yes. so? very cool. If they could really get voice commands in more games, I would like it as well. Because now that I use the PC a lot for to do different testing for games, voice attack has been. Voice attack is magical when you use it on the PC. It changes games for people. And I would love to see more voice commands in games. Mass Effect allowed you, I think Dragon's Age, Inquisition allowed uh, control, or, you know, sending people out, like, attack this enemy. Um, I would love to see more accessibility stuff. Vets, there's a lot of vets I know who can't, like, they only have one hand or whatever. And it's, they want to play games. In fact, a lot of, you know, military guys, that's what they do is play games in their downtime. And so to say, okay, you're injured and you can't experience, you literally can't experience the one thing that you want to experience. So the accessibility controller, those kind of things, are fucking awesome. Like, that to me is one of the greatest parts of gaming right now is that accessibility. Yeah, I am right there with you. And I honestly regret not even bringing it up as like a topic because I think that type of support is wonderful. I think it shows how inclusive gaming is, despite, yeah. like I said earlier, like, you know, we, we kind of get caught up in the conversations. How can we improve the seriousness of it? Um, that, that it's, it's a warm feeling when you see something like that. So it's, it's good to yeah. see that Xbox is doing something like that. I'm going to buy one, dude, and I'm going to fuck around with that for hours. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just it, it, it intrigues me. It intrigues me that that kind of stuff is finally getting out because I've been in gaming now for 20 plus years and it's really never occurred. Mm-hmm. So, did you see the guy? I was just told there's a guy who plays uh, 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 PUBG with his mouth, the mouth breather. Really? He's yeah, and he, I supposedly he's not ace level, but he's good and he he uh, is paralyzed from the neck down, but he can wow. you know talk uh, and he can also use the 
the breath thing, and they've got it control. They've got it all programmed up, and I guess he he can hold his own far better than some of my friends who can't ever get past like ninety eight people. He'd probably wipe the floor on me. <laughs> That'd be awesome, man. I I, lo- I love the idea. Saw somebody playing Dark Souls with their feet a couple days ago. They lost both both their arms, and they were able to play it and do far better than most normal gamers. That's so, awesome. Normal meaning able. Yeah. Well. PS5, keep your eyes open in 2020. We'll cover that more as rumors pop up. There was also the um, the talk that Sony's not done with mobile, and a lot of people assume that would be like the Vita's not done or they'll do another PSP. I think they're just going to be kind of going forward with PlayLink a little bit more. Uh, for those who don't oh. know what PlayLink is, it's a kind of it's actually pretty cool. I like it. Um, for example, Hidden Agenda. All of your friends sit in your room on your phones. They connect to the PS4, and as you make decisions... You know, you're linked to a certain color, and um, the group will say, for example, we, we kill this guy, we capture this guy. There's three uh-huh. of you, two of you pick kill, one of you pick capture. Um, and, and it's that moment of just everyone's in their own world. You click kill naturally, and then you see the effect playing. You just look around the room at each other, and what the fuck had just happened because of that choice. And Play Link kind of makes those moments. Um, and so I would like to see Sony keep going forward with that. Not that I'm against another portable system, because they did announce that they're no longer supporting the Vita, but mm-hmm. I kind of expected that, to be honest. But, yeah. Um, it's upsetting, but don't worry. We're getting Persona Dancing Star Night and Dancing Moon Night, so there's some, there's still some Vita games out in the wild that I'm going to be picking up. But uh, And yeah, the Vita streams, right, Maddie? You can stream your you PS4 yeah. games, right? Yeah, How does that... Does it, does it look... Oh, okay. Yeah, it sucks. That's... I tried it. I tried it with the Amazing Spider-Man. It was so laggy. I was like, "What the?" Oh, fuck? that sucks. Yeah, yeah, that un- yeah that becomes unplayable then. Yeah. Like it's not even it's not even cool having it mobile if you can't mm-hmm. at least. It's it was disappointing. So, it, it like think of the Wii U controller, and you 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 have sometimes it's a it's a two screen experience. Yeah. And so you go out to the other room. You know, you're talking to your mom or something like that. You're playing the game, and then all of a sudden it just gets like really fuzzy. And you're just like, uh. fuck. And even if you get closer to the system, it's still fuzzy as shit. That's what happened with me with remote play. Gotcha. But yeah, I'd like to see what Sony plans on doing with their mobile side of things. That'll be interesting. And now, on to our final topic. It is about Xbox and another successful launch for them. State of Decay 2 has hit a million sales, and that just came out official. Well, there was early access for the Ultimate Edition, I think, on the 19th or the 18th. And yeah. then the 22nd was like the actual launch date with the normal price. So 1 million sales for a game that was you know, pretty buggy, wasn't perfect. And then we got uh, Sea of Thieves, I almost said State of Decay again. Sea of Thieves, which has about 2 million, I think it was, in its month launch. Yeah. And or or in the couple days. I don't remember what that 2 million yeah, my, was. I Fast. Have, it was a lot. And you brought up a good point of what does this mean when we see a game launch, not that much content, still does well. We see a game launch, State of Decay. You and I both like it, but we know there are bugs. I I haven't encountered a ton of them, but I know they're Mm -hmm. there, and you could tell by the state of the game. Like, there's people out there hitting bugs, probably. Yeah. So, you know, we got a, a pretty buggy game and one that's shallow and does not have much content, yet they're selling just fine. What... You know, you asked a great question. What the fuck does that mean? I find, I struggle to find the answer for that. Yeah, and uh, just so you know, it sounds like they're saying that one million people are playing it, which could be 
Um, I know it's the number one sales on the Windows Store, which was surprising for a lot of people given the reviews. Um, and then, of course, there's Game Pass. So it's like, you know, how many are those are 10 bucks versus 30? But 10 bucks to me, like, that just means it's a better, it's a good price. And I'm still surprised it has that many, to be honest. Um, I don't know. I do not know. Like, I, I, I will fully, I, will, I rarely want to admit that, but I have no fucking clue what it means because. I like State of Decay 2, pretending I didn't, let's say. Um, sea of Thieves launched, it, um, you know, Freddie Prince Jr. plays it all the fucking time. That's all I know. I still can't, I still tease him on Twitter because I can't figure out where he's finding the content. I know some of the people in your Discord still play it occasionally because I see him pop up and say so. I think uh, Paper, Paper Bag, what's his name? Paper Bag Paper something. Yeah. I think he, he'll, he still plays it. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm completely confused. I'm not confused by what it means because State of Decay 2 had a good user base, don't you think, of original users who just wanted a sequel. Yes. So you've got that. But it's like, I, I just sort of don't know what it means for the future. Like, um, Forza is going to come out on both, and I think Forza will be of incredible high polish. So it'll probably be the combo breaker of questionable releases. Like, where you go, okay, this makes sense, um, why people like it. I... I, I think you said that there was a study that indicated that people, you know, fun or graphics matter more. There's also a study that indicated I, I that bugs matter. I should bring up the video that I saw it in, but oh. that would take a while for me to find. But um, I'll try to have well, that for us next week to talk about. There was also another video that was stating, um, and it was done by a, a legit survey company that basically proved that if bugs occur, if the gameplay is still fun, you uh, gamers will ignore them. So, I mean... I don't want to see another State of Decay 2, and I love the game. But, yeah. um, you know, I did. I experienced some bugs at 10 bucks, Well worth a buy. But still, buggy. Hmm. I would hate to see that. And I don't want to see State of Decay come out and have a lack of content. So to me, it's sort of, to be honest, it's a positive, but it's sort of like, uh-oh. Please don't, please don't any of you fuckers out there, any of you publishers, yeah. focus on that and say, well... Apparently it's working. I think oh. a good chunk of those sales, because despite what's happening with the PlayStation and how well it's selling, it overshadows often how well the Xbox is also performing in its exactly. own standards. It's just that PS4 is doing like a 2.5 to 1 compared to the Xbox, and that's why yeah. people are like, Xbox sucks. It's like, no, they're doing just fine. I think what it is is a good chunk of these sales are people who like the first Data Decay, which me, you, many others... Yeah, I think a much larger chunk, though, are people who played Sea of Thieves thinking, this is it, we're getting the exclusive on our Microsoft console, let's do this, it didn't have the content to hold them long enough, and now they see a game that indefinitely will have that. And so, for, sure. for 30 bucks, for 10 bucks, maybe 50 you buy the Ultimate Edition, they're probably like, yeah, let's do that. I'd imagine most are for the 30 or $10 threshold, you know, so I, I feel that's where a lot of the purchases are, are coming from. You want to have your mind blown real quick? Oh, did I was going to ask real quick? Did any of these sales include Game Pass? Uh, It sounds like they did, but I'll blow your mind. The Ultimate Edition is the number one seller, Maddie, on Xbox. (laughs) Can you believe that shit? I'll be right back. I just got to get this. Can you believe that? No. What the fuck, man? Fifty bucks. Okay, so ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know how the uh, Ultimate Edition works, while Carrot goes handles goes and handles his dogs. The Ultimate Edition's 50 bucks. then you got the regular one for $30, which was the, the launch copy, and then $10 if you're paying $10 a month for Game Pass, which I do. So the fact that $50, the $50 one, especially with how that game looked, <laughs> how's that fucking yeah, selling the most? 
I don't know. I saw the news Early on like a, a forum a couple days ago, and it was like it could be that people wanted to jump in early. Also, a lot of people hated it, Maddie, but they were telling really cool stories in various places. So like you'd go to a forum, and people would be like, "Well, I got it anyway," and it's actually a fucking blast. And I saw a lot of people who are all, "Oh, fuck it!" Like, mm-hmm. like, it, it, did you experience bugs? Somebody'd say, "Yeah, these are the ones," and I'd be like, "Ah, whatever, I'm doing it." So I think a lot of it's also just community. But I'm blown away by that. When I saw it, and I was like, are you shitting me? Yeah, what the that's f- wild. That's it is. Wild. It's crazy. It's like, Again, where my confusion comes from. Mm-hmm. Like, what, what does it it's mean? It's a for... hard industry to narrow down that often goes with just the mood of gamers. They're like, yeah, 10 bucks. I worked hard this week. Fuck it. Yeah, maybe it's like, maybe there's not, you know, God of War came out. But maybe it's also, I'd have to look at the release schedule. Maybe it's because other than... Uh, Detroit, which isn't an action game, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, and this is one of those few games that really plays differently as a zombie yes. game. I mean, it's it's re- humans are resources in it. You never really plan on keeping one for. Like people laugh because I'll go help them, and one one of the guys on my on saw one of my videos where I selected my character, and he posted, and he's like, "Dude, your base is fucked." Like, <laughs> and it's true. All my guys are fucking hobbled up. I'm out of everything. All my guys are hobbled up. I've hobbled killed two of them. Yeah, because I didn't have any money, or I didn't have any blood stuff to to hear them, so I'm like, oh, fuck it, I'm euthanizing all these guys. <laughs> and it's just, it's hilarious what you can have happen. Like, somebody will be like, I'm doing great. And then an hour later, they'll be all, oh, fuck, I've lost three dudes. Yeah. Like, lickety-split. So Exactly. Just like, very fun game. I remember, you know, I'm comfortably exploring... I'm I'm not even a hundred yards from my base. I'm just going down to a shack. I'm picking up some wood to build something real quick. I go in there. There's a screamer. He yells. I'm all of a sudden surrounded by twenty zombies, and it's actually in my review. You can see the footage. Like I had a shred of health left after this encounter, and yeah. it was it was like I was like I said I I was pretty deep in the game. I was exploring comfortably, and the game just has a, a tendency just to flip it on on its head and, and surprise you. So yeah, it's one of those games, man. I, also I saw you get so. your vehicle stuck in your review, by the uh, way, too. I watched your review, and, you're like, yeah. and I was like, I luckily didn't have that a lot, but yours was hilarious because you were, like, right on the guardrail yeah. thingy. It, it was like you could feel it, and, like, I had that feeling in my head, like, I could visualize this in real life, and this would be just as fucking annoying, like, mm-hmm. trying to reverse, and I, 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 what was funny is you didn't see it in the footage, but I, actually you might have. I'd reverse, I'd back up, I'd hit a tree. So I'm like, all right, I'll pull forward. But since the control was so sensitive for the driving, I tap her, oh. accelerate, and I fly back up on the guardrail. I'm like, fuck! <laughs> <laughs> so this is this constant fucking issue with me. Um, but I think with these games that are priced kind of double-A area indies are yeah. often more forgiven by folk. Um, yeah. I look at Hellblade. I don't think that's a game that needed forgiveness. It was excellent. But it was a title that was priced fairly had a nice story, spoke about a real issue, and it passed its expectations, um, not only critically, but also for the company when it came to sales. So I think yeah. a lot of people, I mean, a lot of people out there work hard. They're, they're not like, I'm not saying we're flicking our money everywhere, but they're, they're not like us where we, got, we feel compelled to play every game. So when we sit down to pick a game, what's a better feeling than finding a game that offers tons of content and you get it for, you know, Ten dollars, thirty dollars. Yeah, exactly, it's a exactly. Great yeah, so. it's crazy. It's good. there's a lot of content in the B title like arena compared yeah. to wherever everywhere else. Absolutely. 
And that'll wrap up all of our news for this week. Carrick, it was a blast as per usual. For sure. Definitely. And Always is. Hashtag will be... And are you going to say what we're doing next week? Or are you not? Next week, did I forget to announce something? You did. You Do we have a visitor? Camelworks? Yeah. Yes. Did you already, did yes, you already say that? that the well, oh, we'll I'm sorry. Again. No, we'll say it again, just in case for okay. those who stuck by and they forgot. Next week, Camelworks is joining us, and we'll be doing E3 predictions as a whole. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. sorry. for I for, couldn't tell. I couldn't remember what was prior to us starting the podcast. No, you're fine. You're fine. So hashtag. that'll do it. Hashtag can be, uh, we talked a lot about Battlefield Five. We did. What, what, what can we say that won't cause the oh. universe to fucking light on fire because people are mad? Not controversial. <laughs> hashtag yeah. not controversial. <laughs> yeah, we should. It, that's pretty long, but we should. Mm. I, I, it just pissed people off. No CGI. There's yeah, no CGI. That's no better. CGI. Yeah, we got to send a message with this one. Yeah. All right, you yeah. got to this point in the show. Tag at Jeremy Penter at G27Status with hashtag no CGI. And that'll be reversed on the camera, actually, now that I think about it. But regardless. <laughs> They're like, what the fuck yeah, is he right? He's right. Does he know how to spell? <laughs> anyway, thank you guys for tuning in to episode 158 of the Ham Radio Podcast. And we will catch you guys next week. Peace out. Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are. Leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.